Hello, fellow watch lovers, nerds, enthusiasts, or however you identify. You're listening to 40 and 20, the Watch Clicker podcast with your hosts, Andrew, and my good friend, Everett. Here, we talk about watches, food, drinks, life, and other things we like. Everett, how are you? I'm doing great. I've had a go, go, go day, so I'm feeling like a little, like, jittery. Nice and Uh, wired. Nice and wired, but no, I'm doing well. Um... Nice weekend. I went to a bachelor party this weekend, but like a grown-up bachelor party, like as opposed to the bachelor parties I went to in my 20s and 30s. Mm. This was a bachelor party in my 40s, and it just felt, it was not tame, but it definitely felt more constrained, (laughs) which was nice. because like People are a little more aware of their limits when... It hurts to get out of bed anyway. That's right. That's right. Which is not to say some of the people there probably, uh, not to say some of them didn't have r- rough days. Um, but I think by and large, you know, you just see less of the like just absurd things that can happen in that scenario. Uh, but no, I had a really good time. We went to went to a nice central Oregon and did some golfing and did some day drinking and Hookers and blow, just the and, good stuff. And hookers and blow, of course. Uh, I, I didn't feel like I needed to say that, but no, I'm doing really well. I needed to say it for you. Because <laughs> that's what you add to bachelor parties in your 40s. That's what classes it up. Okay, go ahead. That's, what, that's classing it up. Okay, fair, fair enough. No, uh, other than that, doing really well. Busy week at work. Um, busy time at work. It always feels busy at work. It's always busy. Otherwise, and, you know, you're not getting paid. Andrew, how are you? I am good. Obviously on the tail end of a weekend, I've had a weird like week and a half of like just kind of an inconsistent work schedule and family was out of town this weekend and it was just, it was kind of weird. So it's been kind of like for a weekend, pretty chaotic. Uh, But now I'm going to settle back into my normal week routine and have some beers with hair and, uh, Talk about watches. Let's talk about watches. Because that's what we do here. It is. That's what we do for something like 500 and what? How many episodes is it now? Not 500, excuse me. 255 or 54. Um, 55 maybe. Yeah, or or maybe two fifty four, uh, but we are talking about watches because some cool shit happened. Yeah, over the last couple of weeks, there's been some excitement coming out of the not the not necessarily Swiss zone. Yeah, that's right. Mm-hmm. Like, and, and to start, I think I'll just start with a, a watch out of a watch out of New York times two, uh, worn and wound. Did a collaboration with Brew Watches. John Ferrer, one of our favorite guys in the industry, did a collaboration with Warner Wound. And Warner Wound does, I think, a pretty good job with their collaborations. Um, they're always interesting. Mm-hmm. They always incorporate color. And they always offer just something a little different than what you'd expect from those brands. Um, you, you know, Hodinkee has some famous collaborations that they've done with brands, but oftentimes it's just a variation. It's not it's kind of what you'd expect them to be doing already. Right. It's just a dial color. Like, and, and, and it's a limited dial color and that's neat, but I think Warner Wong takes it a step further oftentimes. And, and I, and, you know, hard to say who's pushing those things, but I think, I think that it is the Warner Wong crew that's, I working really hard on these things with the owners to make something special. I think these are no different than that. So these are metric chronographs uh, (coughs) that they're calling the metric chrono regulator, slightly different dial. Uh, There's slightly different dial layout. This is a metric. You can tell it's a metric, but all a little different. Uh, So if you remember 36 millimeter, Square watch, they're 10.75 thick, 41.5 millimeter lug to lug. This is an extremely wearable watch. 
full steel bracelet, sapphire crystal, all the stuff. Um, and these are great. We've got a red one. We've got a blue one, sort of a powder blue. And what are we going to call that last color? Do they have a color for that? I'm sure they do. What are they calling it? I'm going to say it's taupe. Yeah, sort of a champagne yeah. gray tan thing. Um, yeah, what do you think of these, Andrew? I'm looking for the name of the color. I really like it, though. I And like you said earlier, I, I like the way Worn and Wound works color into their collaborative watches. And I love the metric. And this feels just like a more fun version of the metric. It has all of the, like just the interesting things that you want to see in a watch that aren't weird. Like it's not a crystal dick, you know, right. <laughs> uh, that's interesting, like neat, but I, I don't, I don't care for it. Uh, this is something I really like. Um, Staying true to the design, but making some really notable and noteworthy changes in the name of this effort. So this is actually Warner One's third collaboration with Brew. Moss Green. Moss Green. Okay. I think I disagree with the assessment. All right. Well. <laughs> Moss Green, Sky Blue, Ruby Red. <clears throat> and. I like that each of these, maybe with the exception of the blue, the blue is a bit monochromatic, uh, but it's not monochromatic. So you've got uh, actually an incredible amount of color as you zoom in on this thing. You've got uh, a pink-tipped seconds hand, pink-tipped chronograph hands. So there's actually a lot that you've got, like some like cardinal in the minute track. You've got like three different colors of blue. So there's a ton going on here, but as you look at it, as you step back, it is the most monochromatic of the three, I'd say. Mm -hmm. um, I think it's because of how light blue that is. I think if it were just a touch darker, that the light tones and the subdials would pop a lot more because there's the same color variation. It's just they're they're closer in tone than you know red and yellow and moss yeah. green and blue. And with the moss green, you get this orange. One of the pushers is orange. The other is like a matte black. Um, you get this like navy accent color. You well, you get a navy and an orange accent color. Um, I think geez. that pushers green. Oh, is it? I think so. Well, I know in the ruby red, the accent is green, like sort of a emerald. Um, so both the minute track. Anyway, you're gonna have to look at these things. We're not gonna do yeah. them justice by describing them. It's a very fairer esque color play. I think that's right. So you're going to need to take a look at it. And 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 they're really terrific. Yeah. They're really terrific. I don't feel bad at all about saying that. Uh, 549 bucks. Um, only 200 per colorway. Um, well, that's a huge, that's a huge uh, collab order, right? So, and, and yeah. it's neat that they tell us, but yeah, 600 of these. Uh, my guess is that they're probably gone. Uh, are they? I don't think so. They're still on pre-order. Are they? Yeah. And Today's it looks... The fifth. It looks to me... No, they went live today. Yep. Ordering opened at 1 p.m. today. And it looks to me like you can still get each of these. So. Let's see. Anyway. Really neat watch. I'm into it. I think it's great. Um, and and I, think it's, I think it's neat that if you... You know, maybe, maybe you like... You like this watch, but haven't been a huge fan of it in different colorways or in the other dial. Like they're giving you options, and these are really, really different than what you might otherwise get. You can tell that this isn't just Jonathan that designed this. There's more influences on it than that, and I, I really think that's terrific. Same. Andrew, what's next? Next up for me, uh, Fortis is doing some cool Fortis stuff. They are attempting to get space certification on their Stratoliner watches. Yeah. And they're working in conjunction with a, oh shoot, with the Esrange, Esrange Space Center uh, deep in the Arctic. 
launching these watches out on rockets. And these aren't rockets that are meant for a human. They're, they're not human trials. These are all scientific space study effects of G-forces, changes in temperature, radiation exposure, impacts on landing kind of rocket study. Um, so that's why Fortis is using this organization to test their rockets or to test their watches and try to get this uh, certification because the rigors that these watches are going to experience on these types of flights far outweigh what they ever would in any kind of manned flight. Now, 13 of them went up and they all went, came back down. They, according to Fortis, all are still holding their chronometer timekeeping requirements, sustained no damage, and are running great such that they're going to be sold. How cool is that? I love that this like kind the of... Like the testing watches are going to yeah. be sold. I love that this is the kind of stuff that this company is doing because it's like it's so neat to see kind of a resurgence like like that the time is began again on the space race. You know, it was last really exciting in the 60s and then just kind of like piddled out. And now people, private organizations, government organizations are getting back in on it. And to see a watch brand starting to jockey for position for the government contract is really neat. Yeah, well, I'll tell you, it it, it <clears throat> seems like there, there are some, well, in this article that you sent me talks about it a little bit, but it seems like there's some obvious alternatives to Fortis, Speedmaster being one, but mm -hmm. it's a 60-year-old watch. Um, Casio being adorned by a huge amount of astronauts in the last, what, 30 years. Since astronauts, like, became astronauts? Yeah, well, yeah. Um, certainly since, you know, in modern astronaut days or or parlance, the G-Shock and, and a few other Casios have been strapped to a, many wrists in space. Uh, and, and Fortis is kind of, Fortis is kind of, thinking about that in, in what they're doing, um, you, you know, like Casio may not work because there's this idea that you might be in space for n not days or weeks, but, but years. Right. So having a mechanical self-winding backup, I, I think it's pretty terrific. And also, you know, reduce the cargo requirement of having batteries there. And they cited the Apollo mission where they used a Speedmaster to time their boosters. Like there it's, very cool. This is not a, as I would think of like a traditional space watch, though. They've tested uh, chronographs and three-handers, and I really, really like them both. This is not like a watch that had ever been on my radar, and it is now very much so on my radar. I think we've talked about this watch on the <clears> show, but... Uh, yeah, but talking about it doesn't mean I'm really thinking about it. <laughs> Fortis is definitely the the space company at this point. They they're are, pushing to be for sure. They're the ones who are are really focused on it, and and I know that they're working with a number of space agencies around the world. It's pretty good stuff. Here's the cool thing: so the the Stratoliner is five thousand and fifty Swiss francs, so fifty five hundred bucks. Yeah, sure. Yeah. The ones that went to space. 8,450. So if you're willing to just like go up by about 50%, you could get true space watch. Right, right. That's surprisingly affordable for kind of the novelty of it. How, are, yeah, well, I think so. There's plenty of Speedmasters that didn't go to space. My Speedmaster didn't go to space. And well, and, and cost a lot more than, <laughs> than that. We could get your Speedmaster to space. Andrew, um, how long has it been since we've talked about a PRX on this show? Uh, you know, I think maybe two weeks uh, because they're... <laughs> maybe two weeks. Maybe. And the only reason I say maybe is because I don't think we probably talked about PRX last week. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, we're going to break the we're gonna break the streak and we're going to talk about PRX again because Tissot released another PRX. Uh, yeah. And this one's different. Finally. 
I believe the last time we talked about a PRX, you were a little like, man, why isn't this? It was. Sometimes I poo poo it. Um, because it was colorways. Uh, yeah. Well, it, it was. It was the same colorways, but in a different size. Anyway, long story short, Tissot's done actually something kind of different with the PRX, and and maybe a little absurd, but but. Uh, I think an absurd that I like. So they've released a small digit digital full metal PRX. This is a truly seventies watch. Mm-hmm. Now, unlike um, the Pulsar style watches or, or some of the other watches that have filled this void, this feels pretty wearable to me. These seventies style digital watches so, so the Tissot has in the past released a quartz digital that looks very similar. Integrated bracelet, uh, small digit. This looks different than that one looked. It's certainly an iteration. Uh, but also really close, right? Mm-hmm. Um, modernized, I would say. And, and it's a very PRX case. This is a PRX case. Um, really clean really clean on the dial on the on the void space on the dial um you've got a date you've got multiple time settings both 35 and 40 millimeter cases i think the 35 on this is a probably a banger in gold i think that's the first time i could do a gold watch a little prx <clears throat> digital mm-hmm. um and they've got a i don't i don't know anything about digital movements these have got a Swiss made quartz caliber DGT 2040. If you know what that is, well, I don't know. That's cool. I, I don't know what that is. It, it's a, it's a Swiss digital caliber. They're not inexpensive. No, they're not inexpensive. They're lined up right with the rest of the PRX line though. Well, with the digital anyway, um, you can get these from anywhere from 375 to 705 for the yellow gold PVD. No, 450 for the yellow gold. That's Australian dollars. Oh, oh, I see. Yeah. Oh, I see. No. Yeah. US, US dollars 375 for steel. US dollars 450 for PVD yellow gold. It says US 705. Right. Are we looking at the same article? Oh, I see. No, there's a typo in the, there's a typo in the article. Um, yes, you're right, Andrew. 400, yes, so 375 for steel, 450 for US. It is a typo. We're going to write for them. the gold. Um, yeah, these are cool. I, I do think they're probably, for me, I'm not saying they're too expensive. I hate it when people say, oh, that's too expensive. I think for me, it's probably more than I'd want to spend on this. I, I think the uh, 450 is probably a little north of where I would want to buy because this is a fun watch. Like it's I could, a fun watch. I could also right. just get like the fifty dollar gold Casio in thirty five and feel just as good about it. Right. If this is two hundred bucks, I'm probably old. now. What we'll I will say, both if they're two hundred bucks, the bracelet on this, the overall comfort, the it, yeah, this is a much nicer watch than a Casio. And and, and you know we do this thing. It's going to be super refined too because it's part of the PRX line that they've been refining for what they dropped PRX in earnest and really put some ass into it like four years ago. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. So we've got four years of refinement in here. You, you know, I, I've talked about this before. Uh, people will give me shit for I've got like a forty dollar uh, phenomenado on my F ninety one. Right? This is like, why would you put a strap that's three times as expensive as the watch on that watch? Because it like, makes it more comfortable. That's right. That's right. <laughs> like I, I have that strap not to pair with a watch necessarily. I have that strap because I like the strap. So I like the watch. I like the strap. I think this is maybe the same thing, right? If you want the Casio, get the Casio. This is a much better watch. It's going to be more pleasurable to wear because everything about it is nicer. Objectively better. That's right. Yeah. So there's value there. I'm not suggesting there's not value there, but I think you're right. It's a, a little bit of a novelty with the dial. So you have to figure out if that's worth it for you. I bet these will come down a little bit for the used market. I might snatch up one of these used. Or, or they may even, on the primary market, yeah. be available for less money, depending on what sales are like. I might snatch up one of the used ones. What's next? Oh, next. An- another brand that is, has 
kind of been coming to the surface for us. Uh, Docs has done a weird thing. Yeah. Oh, yeah, they have. And it is simultaneously very confusing <laughs> and really cool. The Doxa Sub 300 Beta. Uh, but in lieu of beta, they use the German Eset. Eset. Yeah. yeah. Letter. So it looks like the Sub 300B, which is how I will henceforth refer to it. Uh, yeah, I do think they're calling it the 300 beta, though. It is a sub 300, exactly the way you'd think about it, all murdered out with gold accents. Ceramic case, 18 karat gold accent. 18 karat gold accent. Yes. 18 karat gold, bezel. bezel and crown. Uh, I, I'm wondering how they slimmed it down. I wonder if, if going to a ceramic case they were they were able to shave some space because they're at 1195 on the thickness here uh i wonder if that's maybe news of things to come with a 300 update yeah Um, Yeah, maybe but this is a and the reason i say it's confusing is because doxa does new things with with some regularity uh, they'll release, you know, we just have the Clive Cussler. They did the um, the carbon case. They do some limited runs, but they all kind of make sense to me in the Doxa ecosystem. This doesn't. This is like way out of Doxa ecosystem. This is like fashion brand release, but with, hey, we're also like a no bullshit watch company. Yeah, well, you know... I- it's interesting because it, it the people like when I see this, it looks to me like a watch that a, a hype beast music performer might wear, right? Yeah, but it's not hypey enough for that. Um, it, it's also a little impractical with the gold. I, I don't know. It, I'm guessing they'll sell these. I think they, yeah, they'll all sell. I'm guessing they'll sell these. You know, but but it's not like. This isn't like a fuck you watch uh, or a GFY watch. It's it's something different. Yeah, it, you, it's a good point, Andrew. I don't know where this fits. I don't. I don't know that it does, but it also doesn't not fit. I mean, it's it's all Doxa. They have the same crown or the same bezel engravings and timer markings yep. that you can't read because it's black on black on black. <laughs> it's it's interesting. This is a cool release, and it's. I think the most expensive Doxa at um, seven thousand U.S. dollars. Well, yeah, I mean, you for seven thousand bucks, you're getting actual gold, a ceramic case. The materials are are really hard to argue with. Titanium case back, uh, and I don't know. The article I read about this did not mention it, but it looks to me like the die, like the hands are perhaps enameled. I, I don't want to promise that to anybody because I certainly just don't know it. Um, but it looks like they may be. So you get really a lot of neat materials in a pretty interesting package. I don't, aesthetically, I don't think I love it. Um, like, do I need a murdered out watch with gold accents? I don't think so. But I, I have a hard time arguing with any of the components. Yeah, you can't. I wonder if they're going to do like a whole beta line of like weird one-offs of luxury materials. Only comes on rubber though. So uh, it's a no for me, dog. Yeah, maybe that's, it's just too much to do all the, to do ceramic and to do that black ceramic in a bracelet. Yeah, because at the point where you're doing that, you, you couldn't do a different uh, bracelet material. It does look to me like the texture on the rubber bracelet matches the dial texture pretty closely. I wonder how that textured rubber brace or rubber strap is going to wear. I wonder if it's going to get smooth and shiny and weird. I don't know. I think that'd be cool. Maybe. You know how sometimes rubber, like as it wears, it gets that kind of like worn down, shiny look. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm talking about. From friction. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think this is a cool release. It's an interesting release, and it. I wonder if it's a. I just wonder what's next. Like, why? Yeah, like what? What? What pushed this? <laughs> what pushed this decision? It, definitely, 
an interesting watch. It looks cool. You look cool. I wouldn't push it out of bed, that's for sure. <laughs> uh, I'm going to talk about a watch with... I'm going to talk about a watch that costs too much money for me to buy. Is that okay? Um, have we not been doing that? Well, we have, but this one is... I'm going to... I'm gonna. You're going to go way north, huh? Uh, I'm going to crank it up a little bit. Uh, Laurent Ferrier, m- maker of... Maker of quite fine, quite fine watches has released the Farrier Sport Auto 40. Uh, there's a lot. They give away a lot in the title. What you need to know is this is a 70s style 40 millimeter sport watch. Grade 5 titanium, integrated titanium bracelet. 120 meters of water resistance, crazy in-house Laurent Ferrier, micro rotor movement, micro rotors, man. Bring them back. Yeah. Uh, One dial color, they're calling it Viridian Green Opalin. Um, Thanks a lot, Grand Seiko. (laughs) So this is uh, based on a... 1970s Le Mans Porsche 935, uh, which I don't really, sometimes I see those things and I'm like, eh, what, are, what are we doing? Um, green is green, bro. <laughs> yeah, th- this is one of those times where I'm like, eh, okay, I don't, hmm, all right. Um, certainly we've got a livery, livery? Livery? That's one of those words I've only ever read and I don't think I've ever heard spoken aloud. The livery. Livery. Yep. Uh, and it costs 51,000 francs. There's only 40 of them, though. So yeah, yeah. You're, you're, you're buying into an exclusive club. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the car, the car that this based is based on is completely insane. I, I'm... If you, we're going to put a link to this thing in the show notes. Go for just the Porsche because it's nuts. I mean, go for the watch too, but go for the Porsche. Uh, A little thick on this. 12.7 millimeters thick on this guy, which 120 meters of water resistance. Okay. That's 11 points. But 51,000 francs. God, can you imagine the customs? Like, you drop your $51,000 to get it. And you're, you're probably, you know, $60,000 at this point. And then customs sends you an email. It's like, oh, yeah, by the way, you owe us another ten grand to get this thing into the country. That's right. I would come unglued. So I feel like I've I've got to correct myself. I I said 40 um 40 millimeter. It's a 41 and a half millimeter watch. Excuse me. The 40 is the number of the car of the Le Mans car. Mm-hmm. Uh so this is a it, it does not refer to the size of the case and I'm sorry about that. Sometimes we make mistakes, okay? Rarely though. Uh this thing is just beautiful. The handset on it is is like just perfectly complements the markers there are these really long rounded tip markers with these great sword hands the color like matching it i might have to mortgage my house yeah i i'm i'm actually struggling with the thickness on this at at yeah it's too thick i don't i'm not an engineer I'm not an engineer. It's a statement piece. That's by it's it looks the profile of it is the same shape as that car. No, you know what's a statement piece? A uh, Royal Oak or a Nautilus. And you, oh, Royal a Nautilus is like crystal dick and balls. One and a half millimeters or something like that. Like you don't need it to be thick to be a right. It's, it's this the profile is the same shape as the car. It's not like this is a grand complication. It's a fucking micro rotor with yeah i think that's i think it's too much for this watch i think it's too much then don't buy one i'm not spending 51 francs on on a what what was it 12 7 12 
twelve seven. Yeah. Yep. I'm not spending fifty thousand of my hard earned francs on a twelve seven watch. Do you think they'd accept like ballpark francs? <laughs> you couldn't afford fifty thousand of them anyway, so <laughs> maybe not. That's a lot of hot dogs. That's a lot. Of- I wonder what that would look like. Fifty thousand hot dogs. Yeah, I don't know. Congestive heart failure. No. Yeah. Joey Walnut eats that many every year. <laughs> Chestnut Walnut. What's his name? The Jaw. Dude, yeah. yeah. I like it, Joey Walnut. <laughs> He's a nut name. Chestnut? What the hell? It's chestnut. Yeah, it's close enough. Oh, I don't know why, but yeah, that, <laughs> one, that one got you. <laughs> ah, that tickled me. It's a beautiful watch. The colors on it are really it, great. It's it's gorgeous. Yeah, look, this is a stunning watch. Totally beautiful. I do think it's I do think it's too thick. I I have a, I don't think they can justify it being. Then you know what? Twelve seven. Well, you and me are gonna get on the phone with Laurent and. Uh, we're going to set them straight for the next release. Hey, Lauren, let's get this right. Come on. <clears throat> okay, next up for me. IWC has done a collaboration with the Black Aces, which are a U.S. Navy pilot, uh, an aviation squadron, um, and they've done a fully loomed dial and that's kind of the extent of the excitement for me but it's cool that iwc actually gives a shit enough to be doing stuff like this and then release it to the public so it is a uh 41 millimeter case 11.4 thick that should get you going uh same movement as the Top Gun. So it's the caliber 32100. I don't know much about IWC movements, so I don't yeah, I can't either. really speak to that. Um they use a super luminova pigment mixed into a binder, cast into a circular mold, and then hardened, which I think is just kind of how all loomed dials are made. Yeah, um, because think, that's how you have to do it. I think um, often, yes. But it is is cool 6800 bucks uh which kind of tracks for buying an iwc especially with something like this where you have the black aces logo at the six o'clock uh it's it's cool i i want one of these yeah no i think they're terrific um our editor-in-chief will is not what maybe i shouldn't put words in his mouth but he's not uh, been particularly complimentary of IWC. I think that there's some fair criticisms of IWC in terms of like how interesting their watches are. Not a company known for being out there. With that said, but I'm not a, com- a guy known for liking interesting things. That that's right. They I do think that they tend to make simple, in particular, any of the Mark watches or you know their pilots watches tend to be the bee's knees in terms of what they're doing. Um, they do one thing really well. <laughs> that's right. Um, no one shits on Nomos for not being interesting enough. Well, All it says is Nomos on the dial. Well, look, Nomos is 30 times more adventurous than IWC. They but, just did a full loom dial. But that's not why you that's not why you buy IWC. And <coughs> and look, the, the ceramic cases, mm-hmm. uh luminous dials, you know, IWC not not necessarily known exclusively for its ceramic. I think it's sort of a side effect, but that blue ceramic yeah. And and now here this black ceramic. Yeah, this is really look good looking. This is my kind of Thing. The adventure is that they put the black aces patch at the six o'clock. That's enough for me. Yeah, I actually don't love. Them. I, I wish they had figured out a more subtle way to celebrate the to celebrate the squadron on the dial. That to me is maybe a little heavy handed, but huh, went in wrong. Yeah. <laughs> That's how you use that, right? Twenty three hours of luminosity. Which is, that's a lot. 
Which is a lot. I, I wonder what the... Like when they say it's no longer luminescent. Yeah, I, I wonder what it's actually like. When it's, when it's no longer legible is probably half of that. But to be in total darkness for 12 hours, it's kind of a long time. Andrew, do you know if the hands on this are also loomed? They are loomed. Yeah. All loomed up. Only 60 meters of water resistance. Well, if you get wet when you're flying an airplane, you've done it really bad. <laughs> oh, but that can happen, right? Yeah, it can. I don't think you're worried about your watch at that point, though. <laughs> you're worried <laughs> about your underpants. Uh, Oris. Oris made a new watch. A mm. couple of them, even. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to talk about the new Basic B Oris with a dial made from... Upcycled fishing. That's my least favorite word in the current zeitgeist. Upcycled. Upcycled. Yeah. What is this one of those things that just you've heard it so much that now it irritates you? Or mm-hmm. do you or is there some practical reason for you? No, it's a, everything's upcycled. It's like the cool white lady thing to upcycle things now. <laughs> it's like, no, that's just like Listen, but, Karen, stop yeah. upcycling. Yeah. Just just recycle like the Neat. rest of us. Like, I didn't upcycle salsa jars as a kid. That's just what we drank out of because that's what we had. Yeah. <laughs> so so they've made this in collaboration with uh, uh, an organization called BraceNet, which I don't know a lot about. Um, but they are essentially taking CNETs and, and turning them into things. Um I think bracelets, etc. You know, Oris does a really good job. Oris does a really good job with these one-off dials, and and I actually found myself pretty enamored by a couple of these last time I was at an Oris booth. Uh, I think on paper or on the internet, as it were, I, you you don't really get a feel for what these are going to going to actually feel like when you get them on the wrist. Uh, I I think these are better than I thought they would. And, you know, the Aquas is a really stunning watch. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't think I'm a huge fan of the case and the lugs and, you know, the kind of integrated nature of it. But that's purely subjective. Uh, Objectively, this is a totally killer watch. Um, and I think this organization sounds like it's kind of a neat organization. Yeah, they do. Um, they salvage what what are called ghost nets. Uh, and I'm sure they salvage other nets, but they specifically seek out ghost nets, which are lost, abandoned, torn up, uh, plastic, plastic type fishing nets that don't biodegrade that just tangle shit up and kill things. So they salvage these things and try to rid the ocean of the byproduct of commercial fishing. And, and, you know, a lot of times with stuff like this, you, you learn on the back end. Well, yeah, they took this recycled product, but they, then they added a bunch of like (laughs) toxic fillers and binders and adhesives that that's not the case with these. I don't know exactly how it works, but they take these things gently warm them up uh and and then as they cool they harden and they're able to shape it from there um i'm wondering if they're doing them in cylinders or in big sheets like if they're if they're cutting down cylinders of it to slice dials or if they're just like individually cutting out and there was no indication of of that in the article i read about these but it's it's a reasonable question and 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 look these are coming with a Salita 201, actually, I think it's an Oris. I think it's an Oris in-house, yeah, or, a, or not in-house, their, manufacturer's caliber, mm-hmm. but it's a Salita. Um, it's what everyone's using. You, you get the fantastic, you get the fantastic Aquas, 300 meters of water resistance, uh, really phenomenal dial, details everywhere, and they're, and they're 2600 bucks. This is like... I think this is one of those watches for the person who is priced out of Omegas, maybe uh, priced out of Rolex, certainly, 
um, like what's, what's next? I want to get, the best watch you can get for just under that next level of Mm -hmm. I made it. And I think that this is one of, for a lot of folks, this is in that range. And I think it's a killer option. Their sizes are are weird choices. They do. A, there's two sizes available: a forty three five and a thirty six five. So it's like real small or yeah. just a little too big. Well, I'll tell you. I thought that the thirty six was going to be too small, and then I put one on. I think it's actually a terrific size because the I I think the Aquas wears a little chunky. It is. It's thick. Yeah. Th- that thirty six. Um. That thirty six size actually worked pretty well for me i do think for a lot of like watch size traditionalists it's probably going to be too small in the context of a dive watch oh, it's it's 12.5 thick on the 36 millimeter case it's only 12 thick on the 43 and a half millimeter case yeah that must be a uh, that must be a water a proportional water resistant thing if, if i had to guess no it's reversed yeah, that's so it's got to I mean. be it's got to be thicker when it's a smaller case that's my guess yeah i i think that the that's the same with like the SKX 013 versus the 007. Mm. Maybe it's just because they're... So they got to put shit somewhere. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Really cool watch. <clears throat> I like these. And I like these dials. They're really pretty. And the nice thing about it being something that's uh, it made the way that it is, is no two dials are going to be the same. Yeah, that's right. So you're getting like an interesting piece of artwork in addition to a, a baller watch. <laughs> what's next mm. with that I mean since we're talking Oris um, Oris dropped a real basic upcycling watch and then they also said oh by the way we're gonna also drop something that uh, can be dropped at the bottom of the ocean so the Oris <laughs> Aquas Pro 4,000 meters also only 12.5 thick so I think your reverse thing is is kind of wrong here. Uh, not actually 12.5 thick. Uh, spec sheet on it is, uh, <laughs> where is it? Uh, 49.5 millimeter case, 23.4 thick, and a 55 lug to lug. Titanium case in blue, 4,000 meters of water resistance. Comes on a blue rubber strap with expanding titanium foldovers. So you're going to dive clasp out of it. Using an Oris Caliber 400, 120 hours of power reserve. Yeah, yeah, that's the, that's that's the deal with that's that. That's where all the thickness came from, not the water resistance. <laughs> <laughs> this is a crazy chunk. I also, I think, kind of more a novelty watch than anything else. Yeah. Like, unless you're Arnold, in which case this would appropriately wear on your arm. Yeah, you know, I think we're in a weird, we're at a weird place in watches where, you know, early 2000s folks were buying 50 millimeter by 24 millimeter Invictas. Mm -hmm. And there was, I think, maybe a collective rejection of that within the watch community uh, because it's so excessive and so absurd but what we've seen in the last handful of years, I think, is some room cut out for those absurdly big watches. Look, this thing is giant. It is giant. I think that you could the, wear it on a necklace and it'd look big. I think the crown on this thing is like 15 millimeters. Uh, uh, this thing's absurd. And, you, you know, frankly, if you've ever had one of those early 2000s uh, Invictas on your wrist, it's probably going to wear a lot like that. Now, most of those I don't believe were coming with anywhere near this much water resistance or engineering, um, which I, I don't know who, who cares about that. Maybe no one. Um, no, when you when you were buying those Invictas, you were getting it because the MSRP was 700 and I got it for 250 Right. <laughs> right. Um, this thing's fun. I, I mean, you're getting a ton of engineering. That's that's why you buy this watch because you want something. Because you're an engineer nerd, yeah. Just over the top, over engineered. It's got some interesting case back markings that I don't know. I don't know if they're practical or not. It looks to me like a 
feet to meters conversion. Mm-hmm. Is that what that is? So yeah. 10 meters is 32 feet. Okay. Um, yeah, this is terrific. Why it's, not? It's certainly interesting. Like at the point that you need it, you're not going to be able to read it. But, but yeah, nobody needs this. No, yeah. Nobody needs this watch. No, no, no. I mean the the meter to foot conversion scale on the case back. All the more reason to wear it as a necklace or as a dive weight. And, and it's 6200 bucks, which is... A, a, that's a fucking lot of money, right? But, but it's also in the world with the super deep, with the... Um, Oh, what was the Omega one? It, no, it is the Omega Super Deep. Yeah, yeah. And then Rolex dropped one. The the Proplofs are coming again. Like it's Oris is kind of jockeying for position in that super engineered, super deep dive tech watch. Oh yeah, I don't think that Oris is behind at all. Not to suggest that that's that's what you were saying, but I mean, I really do think Oris is right up there, certainly with Omega, um, the Deep Sea. That's the Rolex one. It, it, yeah. Yeah, that's right. I think Oris is. I think Oris is is very much right in there. So it's a this look. It's a stupid watch, but it's fun. It's certainly a stupid watch, but I kind of like that it exists. Yeah, <laughs> I think I think that's a fair. I think that's a fair. Way I like that we're in a place where a watch company can be doing something not not like outlandish, but that they're pushing the the technological envelope in a way that can still be marketable. Sure. Uh, what is the other, sorry, just to shift gears a little bit. What is the, the name of that other, um, recycled plastic dial that they use? You know what I'm talking about? It's the recycled PET. Oh yeah. What do they call that? I don't remember. All right. Well, I'm just going to, they probably call it upcycled. Um, yeah. Okay. You know, there's only one more watch on our list. There's two. Three, there. really. Oh, well, let, let me go back. Let me go back. We talked about all of those. Oh, yeah. Uh, Bravur. Yeah, that's Bravur. still on the list. Bravur. Swedish company. Uh... And they make cycling watches, cycling themed watches. They've released the third and final of their grand tour chronographs. Not something I'm super familiar with, although when I say it like that, it feels like I have a ton of knowledge. So I can just, uh, these are watches theming grand tour biking races, cycling. B- cycling, excuse me. Uh, so they've got the Vuelta España, the Euro d'Italia, and the Tour de France. So um, th- these have all taken sort of aesthetic inspiration from the races mm-hmm. that they are they're aping. Um, and yeah, so they've released... Uh, the third iteration, which is, excuse me, which one is this one? I've just had it. Grand Tour 3. Okay. Yeah, this is it. The, this is the, the collection. Okay. Well, but didn't they release yeah. these? Didn't they? Um, anyway, so this is an automatic PVD chronograph watch with a terrific crystal my favorite part about these watches is the big curved crystal and a really, really interesting dial. These are three, six, nine chronographs. Um, which it, for me, that's my favorite chronograph layout. Mm-hmm. I think it's the easiest to read, you know, depending on where you put stuff. I think it's the easiest to read. It makes the most sense to me. You get that open space, just aesthetically, you get that open space at the top uh, and and these are all different from one another, wholly different dials, in a way that I find really charming. In a way that I find really charming. Yes, I. So the the Tour de France is a primarily <laughs> white dial with the polka dots that are famously on the spotted jersey. Yellow uh, three o'clock subdial. And a 
white six and nine subdial. Yep. The Tour de Rosa, the Corsa de Rosa. The Corsa Rosa, yeah. Is a that's my favorite of the three of them, by it's, the way. It is lovely. A red dial or a, a white no, dial with a or is it silver? Silver, oh, it's a silver one, yeah. Silver dial with like pink, blue, purple accents. Yes. These are just lovely. The the colorways are very uh, evocative of, of of like racing kits, right? Cycling mm-hmm. kits. Uh, my my, the, my least favorite of the three is the La Vuelta, which is the red. Yeah, and still really freaking cool, right? Yeah. Same handsets on all of these, <clears throat> and the dials are so interesting that I think it's it, it's it would be pretty easy to just sort of cruise past the handset. But Andrew, have you taken a look at the handsets on these? They are these relatively dimensional. They're not stick hands. They're sort of like sword hands uh, with this really like narrow line of of loom running down the middle. And I think these are some of my favorite hands I've ever seen on a chronograph. They compete very little with the dial such that I didn't even notice until I had looked at these watches a handful of times. And then the more I looked at them, you zoom in on them like fantastic, really nice polish on them. Um, yeah, I think that's my favorite part of the watches besides the colors. They're really lovely. And the the with how different the dials are, you would never attribute these to the same family. They sh- they share a case, they share everything but a dial and hand colors. So this is an integrated integrated cam 62 hour power reserve running at 28800 vibrations per hour. I think it's the SW511B. Yes, from Salida which I don't know a ton about this movement, but when you just the specs alone on it, 62-hour power reserve, 28.8, and and with the size that it must be to fit into this relatively svelte watch, I I think it's a pretty, it must be a pretty terrific. 2,600 bucks, not limited at all. That's right, that's right. So for under three grand, you're getting a watch from a smaller company, a watch from a smaller company, but that is pretty well specced and looks to me to be pretty well put together. It's got a screw, a screwed case back. I really love that more and more. I, I love that. Uh, interesting pushers. This isn't just some basic B. Pusher. Mm-hmm. This is an integrated pusher that's lovely. Really great details on the crown. Uh, the case back looks great. The movement looks phenomenal. Yeah. See-through case back looking into a really beautiful automatic chronograph movement. It's a lot of money. 2600 bucks is a lot of money for anything. I know we always say stuff like that, or at least I do. Um, but this is a pretty neat watch. I think for a movement like this, this is... You're like right in the zone of some of the most affordable quality mechanical chronographs. That Corsa Rosa, um, man. All right. Yeah. We've got the time markers for- on it. They're like, like reverse. Yeah, man. Andrew, we've got time for one more watch. <coughs> if you'd like to talk about something, <coughs> pardon me. Um, yeah, Alpina had a couple um, a couple new drops uh, in the way of the Heritage Carry and the Star Timer Pilot Quartz World Timer, and these two watches just couldn't be any more different from one another. <laughs> yeah, so you've got like a you've got like a tank. Yeah, and coming in in two colors, and I think I've seen this Alpina, so I don't know how new. I'm sure I've seen that. And then you've got a super crazy rotating dial world timer busier. tool watch, like Breitling-esque tool yeah. watch. Um, they're both cool. They're both uh, well-sized, well-specced. I'm, I'm, 
and and affordable, right? The the yeah. um the Alpiner Curry is sixteen hundred bucks. The Star Timer is a thousand on a bracelet and or thousand ninety five on a bracelet yep. and nine ninety five on a strap. Yep. Um and Alpina's bracelets are really nice. Look, this this Alpiner Alpiner Heritage Curry is like under sure 10 this. under 10 millimeters 30 uh 32 and a half wide it's a 30 32 and a half millimeter tank so it's going to be very dressy very thin uh the case looks phenomenal it the does. crown looks great it's on like an aged brown leather strap that's right this is a it's a beautiful watch they did a good job making it seem and look like you're wearing your grandfather's like family heirloom without the, doing it. The star timer, I, I'm less enamored by the star timer. I think the star timer looks clumsy. I think the the specs on it are unimpressive for the amount of money they're asking for it. And it, yeah, I don't hate it. I do think it's clumsy. The case and the bracelet, I'm sure, are going to be great, but... Quartz GMT for eleven hundred bucks, like meh. You can, yeah, you don't need that. But it's a cool release. I I like the way it looks. I think it looks like a cool tool watch. It's not for me, but it looks like an instrument. But the Alpiner, you've got yeah. a great movement. You've got a great looking watch. All you know, tip to tail. That white and gray dial is does it for me. Yeah, the font. So there's two dials. There's a black dial with. Uh, a very lovely but pretty simple font, but then you've got this silver kind of champagne dial with a antiqued white accent, and the font on that thing is terrific. Really nice font on that. Concur. Andrew, that's it. That's all I wanted to talk about. No more watches. Mm-mm. Other things. What do you got? Mm. So I needed to do a follow-up. Uh, a couple weeks ago, I talked about my Pit Boss uh, tabletop wood pellet grill. Sure did. I was really excited about it. It seemed really intuitive. Got it put together. Everything was great. Uh, I had an opportunity to use it a, a good amount. And it was terrific for a tabletop grill. The It takes a little bit of time to get to temperature. I'm accustomed to using a... I use a Masterbuilt gravity-fed lump-fueled grill at my house. So wood pellets was new to me. Took a little bit more time to get to temperature than I liked because I'm, I can usually I can get up to 700 degrees in about five to seven minutes with the grill that I use at home, but it's a tabletop grill, so some there. I had a little bit more temperature fluctuation than I would have liked, like plus or minus five degrees from my target temp. But other than that, it was great. Super easy to refuel, easy to clean, very little like just mess because grills often get really messy. I would pull something off the grill, open up the fire brake, crank it up, burn everything off, give it a scrape, and it's clean. This, this is one of my favorite camping purchases I've ever made. Everything that came off of it tasted great. Great smoke flavor, easy to clean, really intuitive. Back from my excitement of it, I'm 100% saying if you're kind of in that zone of maybe you don't have space for a big grill or you like you want to throw one in your trailer, this is... It's the way to go. It's money. Still not what you'd buy for home use, though, at that price. Uh, 227 I think... So for me, for home use, I would say no, just because its cooking surface is pretty limited, mm-hmm. right? You can you can spend twice as much and get three times the cooking space and get something that's just arguably more appropriate for all the time home use. But if you're in like a small apartment and have like a little patio, and you don't want a Weber charcoal or something like that, mm-hmm. this this would this would do the work. All right, yeah. I like that. That's a nice status update because yeah. I know when you talked about it the first time, it felt like I was just excited about it. And now I'm like, I'm still excited about it. I want to use it. I almost pull it into the backyard just to use it. Cool. Yeah. It, I mean, does it, is, does the size 
and, and the form factor present some uh, conveniences that you don't get on a larger machine. In the way of like, yeah, for for mobile grilling purposes. Yeah, I put it on a folding table, plugged it in and put it to run. It's easy enough for one person lift can get stashed away. But for a primary grill, it's not it wouldn't work. Fair enough. Uh, I've got an I've got another thing. It's a show. Mm. I think it's been a while since I've talked about a show, at least at least a few weeks. Uh, but watched this one kind of on a whim. There was, uh, I, I think I'd re- read a mention about an underrated show from 2023 and uh, had never even heard of it. Um, but it was an Apple TV show called, it's called Silo. Silo, have you heard of silo on apple tv uh i haven't because i don't have apple tv so when i see something with an apple tv logo i just immediately ignore it oh gosh so you're missing out because i think apple tv i've seen trailers for this it does look very good we've we talked uh a few weeks ago about uh we talked a few weeks ago about the best fx shows and i said yeah no i i agree fx has fantastic shows but Apple TV, I think you get uh, obviously Ted Lasso. I think mm-hmm. is perhaps one of the hits of the of the decade so far. Really, really popular show. But then you've got shows like Schmigadoon, which if you haven't, you should. Foundation. Um, morning show uh really a lot of and i'm sure i'm missing really great shows at this point for all mankind if you haven't seen it severance which is one of the most interesting shows i've ever seen uh and so i thought well this looks good and and the cast is and the cast is great so let me just start from the top rebecca ferguson is your protagonist Really excellent. Rashida Jones, Tim Robbins, Ian Glenn, Common, David Oyelowo. I'm probably saying that wrong. Will Patton, uh, and and that's not it. There's there's more more people in here that you're gonna know and be like, yes, please. Uh, it takes place in a silo, which is maybe maybe not super descriptive, but. It's like a like some sort of bomb shelter. All you know is that these people are locked in this thing. It's a vertically drilled and built, fully functioning ecosystem. You've got social constructs that have formed over the course of at least 140 years, but probably more. And um, you, you've got a populace that is being limited in its ability to question the past because it's going to keep everybody safe when people start questioning too much then they get excited and they want to get out and if they get out people are going to die so you don't know anything as you get started and as you move it's the type of show that entertains you by revealing the context right Mm -hmm. instead of telling you the things it shows you the things by way of the plot as you go it is at times scary. It is at times funny. Uh, really terrific. So I, I said, Kim, I've heard, I, I just read something about this. Let's watch it. We watched the first episode. We watched the second episode. We watched the third episode. And it was like, hey, we ought to get some sleep. Bottom line, we grinded this thing in like three days because it was so freaking good in fact we finished it it's the first time in a long time we finished it and i was like oh i wish we had gone slower because it was so stinking good the acting is phenomenal the storylines are phenomenal you know these shows these really kind of over uh uh you know ambitious sci-fi shows sometimes in the middle will get a little grindy or a little Mm -hmm. 
there was a couple times where I felt like, but it, it always landed. Every trick where in the air you were like, nah, it's going to flop. It landed the trick. Uh, really, really excellent. Probably, I think I talked about Station Eleven was the last show I've talked about on our podcast. I, I don't think this is quite as remarkable as Station Eleven. Okay. But besides Station Eleven, one of my favorite shows that I've seen in quite a few years. Hmm. And there's going to be more. Unlike Station Eleven, Station Eleven was one and done. This is clearly, uh, it's already been. It's already been bought for future seasons. It's already been picked up for the next season. So, Excellent. Terrific. We've done it. Once again, anything else you want to add before we go? A lot of things. Hey, guys, thank you for joining us for this episode of 40 and 20, the Watch Clicker podcast. Do me a favor, check us out at watchclicker.com. That's where we post every single episode of this podcast, but also weekly articles, reviews, other things that you might be interested in seeing if you're into watches. You can also check us out on socials at 40 and 20 underscore watch clicker or at watch clicker. If you want to support us and oh boy, we hope you do. You can do that at patreon.com slash 40 and 20. And that is actually how we get almost all of the support that we get for this show, which includes things like hosting fees and hardware and software. And don't forget to tune back in next Thursday for another hour of watches, food, drinks, life, and other things we like. Bye-bye.